The following sermon is from Evangel Temple Youth Ministries. For more information about how you can get involved, please visit etchurch.org forward slash youth. Hey, so let me start off this uh, sermon just praying uh, that God would really speak to you guys. I, I am just constantly, every single week, not wanting any sermon ever just to uh, just be brushed through, and it's just kind of like this routine. Um, and I know it can be sometimes easy with these super comfortable, cushy chairs to just kind of sit back and just uh, zone out. And so um, I really just want to pray that God would just keep us keenly focused just on what he has to say, that we are just so in tune with the truth of scripture that it really does impact us and we're seeking to be impacted by it and that we would not pass up this opportunity to hear God speak. And so um, we just invite God to do that. Would you guys do that with me? Lord, we really do believe that you can speak through scripture and that even in the toughest of times, even in the hardest of circumstances, God, you, you speak to us, and you work on us, and you point us to you, and, and you really do transform lives and just shape us to be uh, more like you, more dependent on you, and just all around um, reflecting your glory to, to the world around us. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to us the truth that you have for us tonight, um, that we would walk out of here impacted by it, and that we could share it with other people, that they would be as well. And so, Lord, speak. Lord, speak, please. Um, that's what we're asking for, and that's what we're here for. So then we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, so um, this series, Pieces, is a series on pain and suffering. If you can read, you can go already go that far. Like, uh, you don't even need me for that. So um, this is a series on pain and suffering, and we've been walking through John chapter 11, and so we're just taking this big chunk out of John chapter 11, actually not all of it, but most of it, uh, the story of Jesus raising to life Lazarus. It's an amazing story in the New Testament, and so we just want to look at it because a lot of it has to do so much with God's love, God's provision, and God's care for us in the midst of our pain and hurting and suffering and struggling and wondering and just confusion. God, where are you? I don't understand how this could be going on, how this could be your will. And it just speaks so much to that, that God is there and he loves us. And so we're looking at this, this passage, John chapter 11. And I really want to recap it. Um, I can't do a whole lot of it, but just a few bullet points. We looked at how there was a messenger that came to Jesus and his disciples and they said, hey, the one that you love that was Lazarus, is sick. And he said, okay, sounds good. I'm not going to go yet. I'll wait two more days. And we find out that he actually was waiting for uh, that Lazarus would be dead a certain period of time. He wanted Lazarus to die. And so that was really kind of speaking to this truth that we don't know everything that God knows, that our plans aren't as good as God's plans, and that we would think, man, get there quick, save him, heal him. And God's like, no, I got something even better in store than that. I know that sounds good, but I got something better in store. God's plan is better than our plan. And so um, he waits two days, and then he tells the disciples, hey guys, now uh, we're going to go back to that place where I almost got killed, I almost got stoned, and you guys are coming with me. And they're like, what, are you serious? And they're like, you know what though? Um, he raises people from the dead. He is Lord and Savior, so you know what? We will follow him even if it means to death, because being with him, even if it's in a war zone, is the safest place to ever be. And so we talked about that, and so he goes there, and now this is the passage tonight that we're going to be looking at where he actually interacts with the people grieving. 
the people hurting, the people that just lost a loved one. And this really, I think, kind of shifts the perspective of the sermon series thus far. We've been looking um, at God's perspective of pain and suffering, God's um, view of, of um, that he has a better plan than us and that he can be glorified even in our pain and suffering and he would direct it in such a way that sometimes we would suffer so that he can be glorified, right? That was all God-level perspective. But now, tonight, we're going to be looking at human perspective perspective of this is horrible. I'm really hurting. I'm suffering. And it's, and it's less of the divine perspective and so much more of this human, real, raw, I don't understand how this could be happening uh, perspective. And so we're going to be looking at that tonight. We're going we're gonna to see how um, raw the emotions are with Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus who died. And so um, hopefully this will speak to you. I really think that God has something so good in store for tonight in this text. It was, it's, it's a really um, hard text that really makes you wrestle. And so without further ado, let's jump right into it. Starting in verse 17, chapter 11, it says, when Jesus arrived, so he finally got there, waited two days, then he left. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus has been dead in the tomb four days. So he's already been dead for a while now. Bethany was near Jerusalem, which is where he was, less than two miles away. Okay, catch that. This is really easy. This is like um, setting the scene for the night, and we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it, but just catch that. He's been hanging out two miles away this whole time. Okay, He's waited two days to go see him, and you're like, oh, well, you know, he's got to prepare for the long hike. He's got two miles to go, and yet he still wanted to wait all that time. And so just, just see that. How much more pain maybe you could feel if you knew Jesus, who would heal your brother, take away all this pain, is just two miles down the road, and he doesn't come, and you're suffering, and you're hurting every second of it. And so um, that's the perspective that Mary and Martha are coming from. It says that Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. She couldn't even wait the whole time. But Mary remained seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Feel the emotion. See the emotion that, that she has there. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And even, uh, even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe you're the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into this world. Having said that, she went back and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. As soon as Mary heard this, she got up quickly and she went to him. Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw that Mary got up quickly and went out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to cry there. As soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and she told him, Lord, if you would have been here, hopefully this jogs your memory a little bit. Lord, if you would have been here, 
my brother would not have died. And so that's the passage that we're going to be looking at tonight. A lot of hurting, a lot of pain, uh, but I really want to just sum up where I'm trying to go with this passage tonight, okay? Uh, the, the main point, if you will, and I'm really trying to tell you guys and just anchor into myself as well that feelings are real, but they're not always right. Feelings are real. Undoubtedly, we, we hurt and it's, it's, it's real pain, but... Our pain isn't always right. And so um, where I'm trying to go with that tonight is that pain, emotions emotions during pain and suffering, and we start to feel these things and just question, God, where are you? That can, if we entertain it too long, it can lead us to this point of wondering, is God even good? When At first, we knew that he was, right? Before all the pain, before all the hurt, before all the suffering, like, yeah, God's good. Let's sing praises. Let's glorify his name. Let's raise our hands and, and sing to him. But as soon as tragedy strikes, then you're like, I'm not so sure he's great anymore because you have so much anger towards him, right? That's what emotions can do. It can make you waver in wondering what you know is true or not. It can blur our vision of what we thought we knew to now we're like, I'm not so sure. It leads us to being unhappy with God, not content with what he's given us. And in the past, we're like, yeah, I'm good, I'm happy. Now I'm like, I'm not so sure. And that's, that's the power of our emotional grief, our hurting, our suffering. We're wondering and we're questioning truths that we used to just fully accept, right? That's the, that's the power of, of pain and, and suffering and the emotions that come with it. So we have to be careful with that. I think we have to hold tight to truths that we knew, regardless of, of the emotional roller coaster of pain and suffering, regardless of, of how we're feeling, we have to hold tight to truths that we know and we believe, unrelated to how we feel. Okay? These have to stay consistent. And, and so I want, I want to talk about that because that's really hard for us sometimes. It's really hard for us sometimes. Sometimes we let what we feel impact what we know to be true and what we believe. Sometimes we let our feelings affect that. Um, and so, how can our feelings blur what we know? Well, I think there's really two ones, two that are talked about in this passage that I want to highlight tonight. The first one is that we know God is good, right? We believe that. Before pain and suffering happens, we, we accept and we would sing songs about how good God is, but then whenever pain hits and emotions well up and anger and frustration towards God happens, we don't always feel like he is, right? We, we, we wonder. So I can also phrase this saying we're unhappy with a perfect God, a God that we know to be perfect, yet we become unhappy with him. You can see this in the passage Starting off, um, it says, Then Mary said to Jesus, right after she got to him, she ran to him. She said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. My brother wouldn't have died. We have to catch here that she felt betrayed. She felt hurt. She, she felt that um, Jesus, that would always be there for her, didn't care at all. That he just wasn't coming. And I can just, honestly, I can just picture that, you know, I close my eyes and I think about this, this, this story and she's just standing there looking out the window just waiting for Jesus to, just to come around the corner and he's coming and she can run out and hold on to him and say, quickly, come inside with me. Lazarus is hurting. And, and they would go in there and he would heal him. But Lazarus is getting worse. Death is ugly, right? 
That, that's like where um, everything that like your, your, your pride goes out the window, right? When, when death happens, right, there's, there's just this sickness and you're just pitiful, right? And that's where Lazarus is. The girls are watching this. He's hurting. He's suffering. They're feeling bad for him. They're suffering for him. And they're just every second looking out that window waiting for Jesus and he never comes. Lazarus dies and they're like, wow. And so now she's waiting for this whole time. I can't wait until I see him next. What I'm going to tell him. I am so angry that he didn't come because I know he, he, is, he has healed so many people in the past. I've watched it. I've witnessed it. I've seen him bring people that are just crippled on the ground, just touch them and they stand back up. Blind people, can, they can see. And you could have healed my brother and he was just sick and now he's dead. And so you can just imagine the, the, the pain that she's feeling, right? I can't wait till I see Jesus. I just, want, I just want to yell at him. I want to tell him how angry I am. Tell him how hurt I am. So she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And then she kind of like catches herself here. Like that was the raw emotions, right? Lord, if you would have been here, it's your fault, right? It's your fault that he died. But then she like catches herself like, ooh, I probably, I need, I need to not just speak to him that way. And so she says, yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. I feel this way. But I know, I know this. And so this whole tension of what I, what I know is kind of being overshadowed by what I feel. I feel that you've betrayed me. I feel that you've left me. I know that you're good. I know that you can heal, but I'm angry at you. And so this kind of raises the question, right? Can I be angry at God? This is a lot of, a lot of people ask this question, is it okay for me to scream at God? And you kind of hear two sides of this, right? Some people are like, yeah, you know, like if you're feeling it, you just belt it out, scream out to God, yell at him. And then other people are like, no, how dare you, right? You know, revere God. Look at God in fear and trembling and, and don't ever do that or else you might get struck down, right? There's these two different opinions. Can we be angry at God? Can we be mad at God? Have you guys heard, a lot of you guys heard of the uh, duck boat accident, right? That happened, I don't even know how long ago, a couple months ago. Uh, there was this, these boats down in Branson and they're, um, it, it was a crazy storm, winds that were insane, and they ended up uh, sinking. I think 19, 17, 19 uh, people died in this. And this one woman that survived it, she, I was actually watching an interview of her just a couple nights ago, two, three nights ago, and she was describing how she was praying to God, and while it was happening, she was there, and she had three of her kids there with her, and she was just praying, God, would you just, would you just save me to where I can save my kids, where I can be with my kids and, and hold on to them? Would you do that? And so she was describing how she was constantly praying to God throughout it. Well, she survived, but her three kids didn't. Three of them died. I think she has six, seven kids. Um, I think her name was Tia Coleman. I think it's Tia. Um, is she right in being angry at God? I mean, that's the question we're looking at here, right? Is she right just to want to scream at God? How dare you? If it wasn't for you, my kids would have been alive, right? My kids wouldn't have died. Is it right for her to be angry and frustrated with God? And I think really the answer that I can give has a lot to do with my main point that feelings are real, but they're not always right. I think if, you're, if your feelings are 
anger towards God, frustration towards God, I mean, we are in the wrong because God is perfect. God is, is right. He's just. He has a better plan than we do, right? Mary and Martha didn't know that Jesus was already going to raise Lazarus from the dead. They didn't know that he already had a plan, that he had it figured out. He, he saw the future, and he knew how to make this, this all work out for his glory and for them to see his power and to, for him to be praised. They didn't understand that. They had such a close perspective on it. And so, yeah, we're wrong to think that God made a mistake because he doesn't make mistakes. But feelings are real. Feelings are real. And so I think if you're, if you're feeling that, that frustration, that anger towards God, like Tia Coleman probably is, I think we have to have the perspective that God's perfect Though we're hurting and we're feeling one thing, we have to know and believe that he's good and he cares about us and he, he's concerned for us and he's there with us. We have to know that and know that we're wrong in our frustration towards God because he, it's not justified that he is good. He is perfect. He never makes a mistake. We have to know that, but yet we still shouldn't hide it from God that we're upset. We might be wrong in being upset with him, but I mean, you ain't gonna hide anything from God. So, yeah, you can talk about it to God, but in the same perspective saying, yeah, God, I'm, I'm angry, I'm mad, I'm confused. I don't know how you could make this ever part of your story. I, I'm, I'm angry. But I know that you're good. I know that you have a good perspective. God, I know that you know better than I do. I know that you're going to make good out of it. I know that you're God, and I know that I'm not. I know that I'm not right in my frustration, but feelings are real, and I'm hurting. I think that's the perspective that we should take, and I think that's the perspective that Mary and Martha should take, even watching their, son, their, their brother go through this process of, of dying right in front of them. But that's not the only thing. Saying that we know God is good, but then whenever tragedy strikes, we don't always feel it. We're not so sure. We question um, a perfect God. There's also that we know God's gifts are good, but we don't always feel like they are enough. And particularly, I'm talking about heaven here. I'm talking about that we can talk about how great eternity with God and perfect peace without any issues, without any struggles, without any pain ever again, heaven. We can talk about how great that is, but whenever tragedy strikes, we're hurting, we lost uh, a loved one. Heaven doesn't seem like it's enough. We want, we want immediate fix. We want immediate salvation, right? We want God to fix it now. Now we're like, yeah, great, awesome, heaven, that sounds good. God, I'm hurting now. And so we know that God's gifts are good, but whenever tragedy strikes, we don't always feel like they're enough. If you're looking at the text, again, she says that, yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. He tells her, your brother will rise again, okay? And so for all she knows, he's talking about heaven, she has no idea that he's going to heal Lazarus and raise him from the dead in like an hour, okay? She has no clue. For all she knows that he's talking about heaven. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Yet she's still angry. She's still hurting. She's in pain and she came to God. She came to Jesus Christ himself and said, if it wasn't for you, she was blaming him. So this whole resurrection of the last day, that's not cutting it for Martha. She's angry, and she's discontent with heaven. She's discontent knowing that her brother's going to be ra raised to life someday in the future. She wants him now. She wants her brother raised now. And where she knew eternity was good at one point, she knew, man, heaven looks awesome. My brother died. 
doesn't seem like that's enough anymore. I want, I want them now. Our feelings, how we feel, how we're hurting, can sometimes blur and mess up what we've always known to be true. It can mess it up. That's the power of pain. It makes you forget that God loves you and God cares for you. He provides for you. He has the best stuff in store for you. Whenever you're hurting and you're in pain, you don't believe any of that. You don't trust any of that. And all you care about is, God, I'm hurting and I don't, I don't know about any of that stuff anymore. I don't know if you're good anymore. I don't know if, you, if you're providing for me anymore. Right? Our feelings start to blur what we know to be true in the first place. She knew that Jesus was Lord. She called him it right at the very beginning, Lord, if it wasn't for you, right? Lord, she knew he was Lord and Savior, yet in her eyes he failed her, and she was angry. She knew about heaven, she knew how great it would be, yet it wasn't enough in her eyes. This is what, this is what emotions can do, this is what our feelings can do if we're not careful. It can mess up what we've always known and believed to be right about God. And maybe that's you. Maybe just like Martha, right? I can tell you it has been me before. Maybe it's you. The pain that you feel, that you're, that you're hurting, it's eroding away and it's taking away, it's chipping away everything that you thought you knew about God. You knew God was good. You, you believe God is good, but now you're just in this pit of hurting and pain, and you're starting to question, is he good? I'm not so sure. That's what our hurting, that's what our, our emotions can do. And so what do we do about this? Well, I would say this. We cannot let our feelings affect what we know to be true already. And I've kind of been saying that throughout this whole thing anyway. As our, our feelings fluctuate, we have to keep consistent and steady that God is good, that we trust that God cares for us, that truth needs to be steady and consistent, though our emotions might heighten, and sometimes I don't feel it, sometimes I, I really feel it, sometimes I don't. Man, you get that camp high, I tell you what, you are just thinking God's amazing for a week, and then you just plummet whenever your parents start arguing again as soon as you get home, right? Emotions are just fluctuating, and, and, we're just, and if you just let your relationship with God, ride that roller coaster of emotions. One day you're a Christian, one day you're not, right? I think we have to keep steady and consistent, believing God is good. God cares for me. God knows what's best for me. God provides for me. God is God and I'm not God. All these, all these consistent beliefs and truths that we're rooted in and anchored on, even whenever, even whenever what you're feeling just plummets, you don't feel like he's good. You don't feel like he knows what's best. You don't feel like he's providing for you. I know it. I know it anyway. I think scripture kind of calls this belief, right? Faith. Hebrew, I think it's Hebrews 11. I don't, have, I don't have it in front of me. I think it's Hebrews 11. It opens up with, with saying something along the lines of faith is a confidence or an assurance of what's unseen, right? This idea that I don't understand how that could be true. I don't understand how you could be good. I don't understand. I can't comprehend how you have a plan through what I'm suffering through right now. I, I, I can't see that. I can't see it, God. But you know what? I have faith. I believe. I'm going to trust. I think, I think what we're talking about here, this consistent 
just trust and knowledge of what is true about God, that's just called faith. Because sometimes we don't see it. If you look here in the passage again, Jesus starts to tell her, like, he reminds her, kind of. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Catch this question here. Do you believe this? Martha, do you believe this? He's not saying, do you feel this? Does, it, does this feel good right now? Is this, is this what you're feeling? No, do you believe it? Do you believe it to be true? Do you believe it? She says, yes, Lord. I believe you're the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into this world. And the Messiah, the Son of God, in this time, uh, well, it is now too, but they understood the Messiah to be the one that would save his people. He would care for them and provide for them, and he would free them from their slavery forever. This is what the Messiah would do, and she believed that. She might not have felt it. She was angry. Man, she was angry. She was hurting. She was grieving. But you know what? She believed. Didn't matter. She believed that God would care for her and he would provide for her. I think that's what we should do. Even though her feelings were telling her, Jesus let you down. This future resurrection thing, it's not enough. We need Lazarus now. That's what she was feeling. But what she believed, what she knew, Jesus is caring for me. Jesus is providing for me. There's this like constant tension you can see in Martha here. And I think what happens next is super cool. She goes and she runs and she tells Mary uh, that, hey, Jesus, the teacher is in town, the one that can teach you whenever you're confused, whenever you don't understand, whenever you're not, grap- you're, you're not grasping how this could be God's plan. The teacher is looking for you. He needs to teach you. He needs, he needs to explain to you. So she goes and tells Mary the teacher's looking for you. Mary comes running to him. And this is what it says. As soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and she told him exactly what Martha said. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Isn't that kind of crazy? They're feeling the exact same thing. Feeling the exact same thing, thinking the exact same thing, experiencing the exact same thing, this frustration with God. And then this text just leaves us on a cliffhanger well, does Jesus explain the same stuff to Mary as he did Martha? Did, he, did, did she understand and she did, did she accept it like Martha did? We don't know. But you know what's really cool is Martha felt the exact same thing as what Mary is. Jesus explained it to her. What an amazing position she's in now just to explain to, Martha, to Mary. I have felt exactly what you're feeling right now. I have felt it. I am feeling it. But you know what? We need to have just a consistent belief that he is good. I know it feels like he's in the wrong, that he's failed us, that he's left us, but you know what? We can believe and we can trust. What an amazing position Martha is in because she knows exactly the pain that Mary's feeling. I wasn't going to include this, actually. It was just like right before I called everybody in. Um, I just thought about this. You know, um, I've asked the Last couple weeks, Sarah and I have just saying, hey, could you just pray for my family um, in Kansas City? You know, they're just struggling. And, and all families do, right? All families just kind of are, are hurting and they go through their ups and flows, you know, and all this stuff. And my family's hurting. I mean, that's just the reality of this world, right? We're, we're all hurting. Um, and that's just kind of the season that my family's in right now. And 
how, how coincidental, right, it, it just timing is whenever I start to preach on pain and suffering, right, that that's just kind of the season that, that life is um, for me, for my family and Sarah. Um, and so I'm kind of preaching to myself in this. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of, this wrestle, I was wrestling with this this week, that what I'm feeling, it's not always right. But, you know, I think it was actually, this has been preaching to me, this has just been rooted inside of me to where whenever I could go to Kansas City, I could be there for my family, and whenever they're feeling exactly what I'm feeling, and they're hurting the way I'm hurting, I can say, you know what, it doesn't feel like this, but you know what? We can know this. We can know that God is good. We can know that it doesn't matter what happens. Think of the worst circumstance, and it doesn't matter. God is still good. God's still got a plan. God is still providing, and I'm trusting in that. I'm believing in that. My faith and my belief in God is consistent, regardless of how horrible my feelings and my pain plummets. I'm going to just trust and believe. Man, God is good. God's got it. And now, because my family is feeling the same thing I am, I can be like Martha was to Mary. I can say, you know what, I know exactly how you're feeling. And we can walk through it together. I can explain this to you. I can, I can, walk, I can, I can give you a testimony of how it doesn't matter how much you're hurting. God loves you and he cares for you. Because I was there, I am there, wherever you're at in it. I think our pain, our suffering, our hurting, and our emotions can relate us to other people, but our consistent faith and belief, regardless of that, 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 can, that can draw people to God. We can relate to them as our feelings plummet, right? But if we just pull them up, say, you know what, trust in God the way I am. Believe in God regardless. And so as I'm wrapping up here, I would say, Feel your feelings. Feel, I mean, I don't think you, you're not, you're not going to lie to yourself and, and convince yourself. Maybe you would, but you're definitely not going to lie to God and convince him that everything's all good. And so I would say, man, if you are hurting, if you are angry, if you're confused, embrace that confusion. And feel what you're feeling. You don't have to be like, ah, just, you know, don't, don't be angry, don't be angry. You know, like, just embrace. You can know if you're angry or not. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to God about it. Feel what you're feeling. But I think the next part is really the hard part. Feel what you're feeling. But know that if it's anything negative about God, that God is wrong, that he's, that he's messed up, know that our feelings aren't right. And they're not true. And that's actually, I say that's the hard part, that's actually the, the good thing. Because though you're feeling like God has left you and given up on you and failed you, know that you're wrong, that God loves you and he cares for you and he's got an amazing plan despite how much you're hurting, despite your confusion, despite what you're suffering through and going through, whatever the trial is, whatever your issue is, man, you can just trust that God is there and he's providing. Sometimes that's a hard thing, but actually it's the blessing God is not giving up. God will not leave. He loves and he cares. Even whenever we're hurting, even whenever we point our finger at him. And then we can 
from that, as we just stay consistent in our trust in him, we can, we're, we can turn to other people that are suffering, because everyone is. Say, so, hey, let me, let me walk through this with you and explain to you that we can stay consistent in our trust and belief and faith in God, regardless of what you're feeling. We can be a testimony to other people. We can, can lead and disciple other people as we grow in this, just like Martha was for Mary. And so, um, would you guys stand with me? We, we're going we're gonna to spread out. There's this, um, there's this song that we're going to play here. There's going to be two songs, actually. And you can, you can start spreading out. You can, okay, you can start spreading out. I'm going to be up front. Sam's going to be up front um, over here. And if I could get Abby, yeah. Um, you have two people up here. And we also have leaders other places. If you, if you want to just, man, like I, gotta, I just got to pray with Ricky. Ricky's back there. Um, I see Anna, Hannah, Sarah's back there. If you want a particular leader, that's totally cool. Um, you can go pray with somebody. But this first song that we're going we're gonna to sing, it's actually straight out of Job. It's, it's scripture. Um, we're we're going to be singing what the Bible really has to say about this. And, and, and let me give you a little backstory of what this song is, because I think it just really just speaks deeply to what we're talking about here. Um, it starts off with Job going to God saying, you know what, all I'm surrounded by is suffering. How can this, how can this be your plan, right? Just like we feel a lot of the times. Where are you, God? And the rest of the song, just listen to the lyrics, sing the lyrics, pray with the lyrics say, God is responding for the rest of the song to Job saying, where were you whenever I formed the world? Where were you whenever I created the oceans? Have you ever been in the deepest, darkest parts of the oceans? Have you walked through the caverns, the, the, the caves in the deepest parts of the earth? Do you tell the lightning where to strike? This is some of the, the Bible and this is some of the song. Do you tell the lightning where to strike? Do you have an army or an armory of hail and snow at your disposal whenever you want to use it? Are you God? And and then the very end of the song, Job, who suffered more than probably anyone else I could ever imagine, says, I had no right to question you. Our feelings are so real. They're so real. Job was suffering. And I know a lot of people in here are suffering right now. But our feelings aren't always right. And we can trust that God really does have a plan. He really is good. We hope you enjoyed this sermon. If you're not already a part of the ET family, we invite you to join us on Wednesday nights. For more information, visit etchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.